Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 114 of the Money Love Podcast. Okay, y'all. So here's the deal with today's episode. Today is Monday, September 11th. So it's literally the day before this podcast is going to drop. And the topic today wasn't the topic that I was going to talk about this week. It wasn't the episode that we had slated in for this week. However, (laughs) earlier this morning, we had a call within the Overcoming Overspending membership. And we basically spent the entire call talking about this topic that I'm going to be talking about with you today. And I just wrapped the call maybe like an hour ago. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like that was such a good call, such a good call. I know that for those of you who are inside the community and maybe you were on the call, you guys were telling me like in the chat and afterwards, like, oh my gosh, this call was amazing. Thank you so much. And I was like, listen, (laughs) we're just, we're going to sit down and we're going to record a podcast episode and talk about this concept of feeling versus suffering. Because I know that a lot of us, myself included at times, I mean, you guys have been privy to honestly like the roller coaster of Paige's emotions this past year, but a lot of us are suffering instead of feeling. And the tricky part is that we think that we're feeling, but we're really not feeling, we're actually suffering. This is one of those topics that's more, I guess you could say, like personal development based. Of course, I'm going to take this and apply it through the lens of money. But you guys know I love these episodes because, I mean, take this topic and apply it to any area of your life where you don't have the results that you want. If you don't have the results with your money, you can probably trace it back to this. If you don't have the results that you want with your relationships, you can probably trace it back to this or any other area of your life with your career, with your health, with your spirituality. I mean, Any area where you're like, yeah, this just isn't doing it for me. I don't have the results that I want in this area or multiple areas of my life. It can pretty much be traced back to this. So I think this is going to be as mind-blowing to you guys today as it was to all of us, myself included, who were on the call earlier this morning. So let's just start by breaking down the difference between feeling and suffering. Like I said, Most of us are suffering and we're suffering unnecessarily, but we don't even realize that the suffering is self-imposed, that we are the own creators of our own suffering. The first thing I want you to hear before we really even get into the definition and the differences between the two is that suffering, when we're talking about our model, CTFAR, suffering goes into the F line of our model. It's a feeling. And when we know the model, we know, okay, our feelings are created by our thinking. And so it's really helpful just to know and just to come to the realization that any suffering that you feel or experience is created by you. Suffering is created in the mind. Suffering is not created outside of you. It is not created from your circumstances. It is created from thoughts that you have about your circumstances. And typically those thoughts sound a lot like (laughs) things should be different than they are. I shouldn't be going through this. I shouldn't be experiencing this. My circumstances should be different than they are. I should feel happier. 
I should feel more at peace. I should feel fill in the blank than I do. Thoughts like that, where we are typically fighting against the truth and the reality of our life, those are the thoughts and the beliefs that are actually creating the suffering that you feel. And that recognition in and of itself is so powerful to come to because when you understand that, oh, I am the creator of my own suffering, the suffering that I'm experiencing isn't coming from outside of me, but instead from within me by how I'm choosing to view and perceive the things outside of me, it's game-changing. So then the choice becomes, okay, do I continue suffering by continuing to think about things the way that I'm thinking about things and seeing them the way that I'm seeing them, or do I change? And just knowing that it's an option to change, whether you decide to make that choice and that step forward or not, can be life-altering. But let's go to the definition, okay? Feeling versus suffering. Again, a lot of you think that you are feeling your feelings and you're not. What you are doing is you are resisting your feelings. You are avoiding your feelings. You're putting a buffer between you and your emotions. And so suffering, yes, is created from the thoughts that we have about our circumstances, but suffering is also created from the resistance to our feelings. So we have feeling, which feeling is simply observing and allowing the vibrations in your body. Feeling is observing and allowing the vibrations in your body. And y'all, that's all a feeling is. Two years ago, I couldn't have even defined to you what a feeling was or what an emotion was. Like if somebody came up to me and they said, describe feeling, like describe what that word means. I just would have been like, uh, it's just, I don't know. It's something that you feel. <laughs> it's like, well, that's kind of meta, right? But a feeling is a sensation. It's a vibration in your body. And so it's really tapping into all the different emotions on the emotional spectrum from the most positive and the best emotions to the worst and the most negative emotions, the ones that feel the best to feel and the ones that feel the worst to feel. But it's actually tapping into how does that feel inside my body? Like, can you tell and explain the difference to somebody between the emotion of happiness and joy, between the emotion of agitation? and frustration. Can you tell the difference between those two emotions? Like, do you even know what feeling frustrated feels like in your body? What being angry feels like in your body? The truth is, is that most grown adults cannot. Our ability to feel our emotions is very limited. Our emotional vocabulary is very limited. And I think that's evidenced by, and again, I'm guilty of this. Like when you go and you ask someone, Hey, how are you? What do you hear? You hear pretty much one of two words. You hear good and fine. I'm good and I'm fine. Instead of being like, I am so happy. I am elated right now. I am so joyful right now. Or instead of just saying, I'm angry. What if you were like, I'm agitated. I'm frustrated. Instead of just saying, I'm sad. What about saying, I'm devastated. I'm disappointed. The depth of our emotional vocabulary and also our ability from a physical, vibrational, energetic, whatever you want to call it, standpoint of actually being able to tell the difference between that in our bodies, right? One of my coaches, Brooke Castillo, she actually says like, can you explain to somebody what it feels like to experience joy in your thigh, right? Or to experience anger in your eyebrow, 
are you tapped in that vibrationally to the physical sensation in your body of what these different emotions feel like, not only across the different emotions, but in the different parts of your body? And I would say that for 90% of the adult population, the answer to that is no. And I think that there's a couple of reasons for that. I think a lot of it really goes into the programming and the messaging that a lot of us have been told our entire lives about feelings. I know I'm certainly included in this, and I think this is even more so pervasive for females. Our whole lives, we've been told that emotion is bad, that being emotional is bad, and it's not attractive, and it's unbecoming. And that in order to be ladylike, you need to be put together and you need to be composed and you need to express as little emotion as possible because you being emotional is an inconvenience to others. And God forbid we be an inconvenience to others. And so what happens is negative emotion and honestly, just like emotion in general, whether it's like the highest of high emotions or the lowest of low emotions, we're basically just told to kind of stay within this kind of like even keeled set point of emotions, not to go too high and not to go too low. But of course, that's not as human beings how we are designed to live. That's not the true and the pure human experience. We are not designed and we are not meant just to live our lives kind of just within this bland, average emotional set points. We are meant to live on the outsides of that, but we're not told that. We're not given permission to do that. We are not showed particularly by other women that it's okay to do that. And so what happens is we come into adulthood. I mean, this is my story, like to a T, is we come into adulthood thinking that feelings are bad, especially negative emotion. But the thing is, is that you're going to experience negative emotion. Every single human being does. It's part of the human experience. So then when we do, we go, "Uh uh-oh, this is bad. This is really bad. Like something's wrong with me. I shouldn't be feeling this way. And that's where all the thoughts and the shoulding starts to come in that creates so much of the suffering that I was touching on earlier, where we're like, this shouldn't be this way. I should feel better than I do. I should be happier than I am. I should feel more at peace than I am. My life shouldn't be going the way that it's going right now. We have all of these thoughts about the negative emotion that we feel. And when we make emotion bad, then of course we will never open ourselves up to it to feeling it, to processing it, to experiencing it. And so what do we do? We run away from it. We pretend like it's not there. We try to solve for it in ways that won't actually solve for the emotion. It just ends up bearing it. We make the emotion bad and we make ourselves bad for being people who experience it, even though there's no need to do any of that. We're simply just told that the goal of life is to be happy. That's what we're told. We are raised to believe like, hey, if you can just be happy, if you can get yourself to a point where you feel happy all the time, where you feel peace all of the time, where essentially all these negative emotions just aren't a part of the picture for you, that is how you know that you've made it. That is how you know that you have accomplished something great is when you can simply be happy all of the time. But it's just not realistic, y'all. Not only is that never going to happen, but secondly, I actually don't think that that should be the goal at all. Because I think that when we have the contrast of the good and of the bad, that is the part that makes life so beautiful. I think that we're always trained to look at the benefit that comes from the positive emotion because it feels good, of course, but there is so much good and value to be had from the other 50%, from the negative 50%. 
Firstly, I think it's the bad that makes the good so wonderful, having that contrast there. Because if we really think about what a world would be like if we lived in it and it was all good all the time, it's kind of like, okay, well, like big whoop, right? Like that would kind of become our baseline. And it would simply just become our normal, our average, our ordinary. It wouldn't really be special to us. It wouldn't mean anything to us. And I think a lot of the times, like when you think about the moments where you've been the most happy or the most at peace or you've just felt the best, it's typically because you have the contrast to compare it to. The times where you find that you're so, so happy, you know that you're so, so happy because you've had times that you've been so, so sad. The times where you feel the most successful, you feel that way because you've had a lot of times where you've experienced a lot of doubt and a lot of failure. And so it's the bad that makes the good so special. And secondly, I think so much good comes from the bad. I think a lot of us, if we're being totally honest, like when we think about the person that we are today, how we've gotten there, the skills that we've developed and the character that has been built, and we ask ourselves, where did that come from? Most of us would point to the hardest points in our lives where we were experiencing the most negative emotion. And I think they've actually done a study on this before where they took a group of people and they said, I want you to write down the worst things that have ever happened to you in your entire life. And they did. But then what they asked them is, would you give up any of that? If you could go back in time and change any of it, would you? And most of the people in the study said no. Like Even though it was incredibly hard and incredibly difficult, I wouldn't go back and change it. And I wouldn't go back and give up that experience because it's played so heavily into the person that I am today. So we spend so much time suffering and fighting and resisting the negative emotion that is supposed to be there, y'all. It serves a grand purpose in your life, but we are fighting so hard against it. And when we resist feeling our feelings, particularly the bad ones, the ones that aren't so fun to feel, and we act like it shouldn't be there, what happens is we don't open ourselves up to it and we numb, we distract, and we buffer. And that is how we end up creating results that we don't like. We end up eating too much drinking too much, shopping too much, doom scrolling too much. And in the moment we think, oh my gosh, this makes me feel better. Okay. Okay. Because we get those tiny little hits of dopamine that bring short-term relief, but we're not actually solving the problem. What you're doing is you are actually creating long-term suffering for yourself down the road. So feeling your feelings is observing and allowing the vibrations in your body, not fighting against them, not sweeping them under the rug, but welcoming them in and actually pinpointing in your body, where do I feel this? What does this emotion feel like in all parts of my body? And I'll give you guys another resource too. I actually have a five-step process that walks you through feeling a feeling. And I'm not going to go through that here because I think if I do this episode, it's going to be like way too long. But if you want to hear that five-step process, I've outlined that in episode 27. So you got to go back a bit, but it's episode 27 called Financial Feelings and go to the 23-minute mark in that episode. That's where I kind of start to walk you through that process if you want to go back there and jot those down. But I'm going to be asking you some questions in this episode. And my first question to you is... Are you feeling or are you suffering? Are you feeling or are you suffering? And there's a big difference between those two. And I think a big indication that we can use to decipher that is when you feel 
the scary emotions that aren't so fun to feel when the overwhelm hits, the anxiousness hits, the inadequacy hits, the fear hits, the embarrassment hits? Do you run forwards towards the emotion or do you turn around and run the other way? Are you embracing the emotion or are you hiding from the emotion? Do you go towards it or do you go away from it? And I think paying attention to the direction that you go when those emotions hit either towards it or away from it, that will be a clear indication to you of, am I feeling or am I resisting the feeling, which is creating more suffering for me? And I think a lot of us think like, okay, but oh my gosh, like feeling it's so exhausting. And there's just, I mean, it's too much and it's too, it's so much work and I don't have time to feel my feelings, right? Like that's honestly where my brain goes. Like type A productivity, wanting to get stuff done. I'm like, I don't even have time to feel my feelings. But listen, feeling your feelings is one of the most productive things that you can do for yourself. Slowing down and literally taking five minutes. That's all it takes, y'all. Five minutes to feel your feelings. You will be so much more productive and get so much more done when you do that, when you run towards your feelings versus away from them. And a lot of us think it's too much work. It's too exhausting. I don't have time. But here's the thing, y'all. Actually feeling your feelings isn't hard and it's really not that exhausting and it's really not that much work. You want to know what is hard and exhausting and a lot of work is suffering, suffering, creating suffering for yourself. That sucks. And that's hard work. And that sucks up a lot of your mental, emotional, and physical energy that to be honest, most of us don't have to give. When we seek relief from our feelings, I should say when we seek temporary relief, because the truth is the relief is actually only temporary, that creates suffering. And it's so funny because the irony of it all is that we work so hard to avoid all of our feelings, right? When all the hard emotions come up, we're like, oh God, no, 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 no. Don't want to feel that. So we run from them. But all we create when we do that is just more feelings. So the consequences of not feeling is just more feelings on a larger scale. So a money example here, right? Your circumstance might be that you have credit card debt right now, right? Let's say you're in $10,000 of credit card debt and you feel a lot of shame about that credit card debt. And shame is a very hard emotion. There's no getting around that, right? Like shame isn't going to feel good no matter which way you slice it, okay? But you feel shame about your credit card debt. And when you feel shame about your credit card debt and you do not allow the shame and you try to run from it and distract yourself from it, Oftentimes what's going to happen is you're going to freeze, you're going to stay stuck, you're going to bury yourself beneath the shame, and you're going to look for reprieve from that shame in places where the reprieve cannot be found, in food, in alcohol, in shopping, in social media, in other places, name your vice. But what you're not doing is you're not fixing your financial situation. You are not making the credit card debt any better. In fact, you are probably digging yourself deeper into it. So then what the shame creates is more shame because you feel shame about having the $10,000 worth of credit card debt. But then let's say six months down the road when that $10,000 of credit card debt has snowballed into $15,000, $20,000 of credit card debt because of the avoidance of the shame, you're going to feel even more shame because not only has the debt gotten bigger, but you also haven't done anything to solve the problem. And so then all the negative self-talk starts piling on, oh my gosh, I can't figure this out. I'm a mess. I'm never going to be able to fix this. I'm a mess. I'm a loser. All the things. 
So the consequences of not feeling y'all are more feelings on a larger scale. You're avoiding the thing that you're actually creating more of for yourself, right? Which is the irony. So it's like, okay, well, if we know that, then let's just feel the feelings. Let's not create more suffering for ourselves. So here's my second question to you. The first question was, am I feeling or am I suffering? But here's the second question. I want you to spend some time thinking of what is the primary feeling that I am avoiding? What is the primary feeling that I am avoiding? And by doing that, what feeling is it creating more of for me? And it could be the same emotion, like in the shame example, like I'm avoiding shame and it's creating more shame. But it's funny because emotions typically have the tendency to pile on to one another. We feel anxious about our anxiety or we feel sad about our sadness. We're like, I'm sad that I feel so sad. I'm anxious that I feel so anxious. I'm ashamed that I feel so ashamed. It's crazy how our brains just want to keep piling onto us, right? Kind of creating what I call like a negative emotion sandwich. But what is the feeling that you're avoiding and what is it creating more of for you? And please have that recognition that all you're doing is piling onto yourself and there's no need to do that. Because when we can just start this process with feeling, there's no need to kind of hit yourself with the double whammy. There's no need to kind of double down on the negative emotion. Just feel it in the beginning and then it won't compound. Then it won't increase and get bigger. Also ask yourself, what suffering am I creating for myself because of my inability to feel my feelings, because of my unwillingness to feel my feelings? And I think it's two things, right? I think it's like inability and unwillingness. So I think it's like we have an inability to feel because we don't know the skill of how to do it, which I can help you with that. Again, go listen to episode 27 or come join the Overcoming Overspending membership. This is an entire module inside the program I'll teach you. So it's like an inability to feel. But even sometimes for me, I'm like, I know the process. I know the steps. I know how to do it. I've done it before and I've proven to myself that I can do it, but sometimes I'm still unwilling to do it. Sometimes I still want to revert to old patterns and I don't want to do it. So I'm unwilling. I'm able to feel my feelings. I'm just unwilling to. And sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's one or the other, but you have to have the ability to do it, but you also have to be willing to do it. But what suffering am I creating for myself because of either my inability or my unwillingness to feel my feelings? Y'all, feelings are the truth of your life. That's the truth, right? Feelings are the truth of your life. Feelings are the true human experience. 50% good and 50% bad. And the more that you rail against that, saying that it shouldn't be this way, saying that it should be different than it is, the more suffering and negative emotion you're going to create for yourself. Because the truth is, is that some of you guys are not living a 50-50 life. Some of y'all are living like a 70-30 or even like an 80-20 or a 90-10 life, meaning it's more tipped in the direction of the negative emotion. It's 80% negative, 20% positive. It's a lot of negative and a little bit positive. And that's not because something is wrong with you or something is wrong with your life, but it's disproportionately tipped to the negative side because you are creating more suffering for yourself because you are rejecting the 50% that is supposed to be there. You're like, no, it should be 100% great and positive and feel good all the time and 0% negative. So then when you go out into the world and you live your very normal, 
human experience of 50-50. When you experience the 50% bad, you're like, sirens start going off. Something is bad. Something is wrong. Something is wrong with me. And you start resisting that. You start fighting against it, which like I've said many times throughout this episode, creates more of it. And so then you start to live a life that's not just 50-50, it's 70-30, 80-20, which again, then just perpetuates the cycle. You continue thinking, wow, well, now something's really wrong. Now things are really, really bad. When in fact, things aren't as bad as you're playing them out to be. It's like, okay, A, let's just go with 80-20, right? It's like 50% of the 80 that you're experiencing is normal and supposed to be there. And then the other 30, you're actually creating by acting like the 50% that should be there shouldn't be there. So again, am I feeling or am I creating suffering for myself? A lot of you guys are doing that. And it's important that we stop doing that because your feelings are the truth of your life. It's how your body is trying to talk to you and communicate with you. And another question I'm going to give you, I love asking this question of myself is like, when I find myself feeling these hard negative emotions, I always name the emotion out loud. This is like part of the process of feeling. I go, okay, here's anxiety. Let's tap into how this actually feels in my body. But also I'm like, this is the truth of my life right now. Like this is the part of my life where it's time to feel embarrassment, where it's time to feel ashamed. And do I want to live into the truth of my life right now or do I simply want to escape it? Do I want to listen to this emotion and hear what it's trying to tell me or do I want to mute it? Do I want to be with myself or do I want to escape myself? Do I want to embrace myself or do I want to abandon myself? An analogy that's really helped me, especially becoming a mom, and just sub this for anything else, like if you're not a mom, right? Sub this for any person in your life that you love. I know we can all think of maybe it's a pet or a person or something like that, but you know the famous saying of like, if you wouldn't do it to someone else, don't do it to yourself. Or if you wouldn't say it to someone else, don't do it to yourself. But whenever I think of this, I always picture my daughter and I always picture her being upset. She's crying and something's wrong and something's bothering her. And she's like in distress, right? And she's crying out for me. And she's like, please come to me, embrace me, be with me. Like in that moment as her mother, there's just like no other option to me. Like there's no other consideration to me in that moment, but to go to her and to be with her and to embrace her and to calm her and soothe her and be like, it's okay, right? Like I'm here, you're safe, you're gonna be okay. Let's feel what you're feeling, but let's kind of like, I mean, you know, and she's only 15 months old, right? So she doesn't understand like feelings and stuff like that. But as her mom, I'm like, okay, like she's feeling some type of way right now. She's upset about something, but I never just abandon her. I never just like walk away and be like, get it together, pull yourself together. Or I never just pretend like she's not crying. And I get it. Like, obviously this gets into like parenting and like throwing tantrums and stuff like that. But again, she's 15 months. So at this point, it's like, if she's crying, like she's actually upset about something. And so I think about that with myself. I'm like, how can I apply that same mindset and logic and practice to myself that I do to her when I'm feeling that way? Like when I'm feeling stressed and anxious and like there's just a lot going on. Do I abandon myself? Do I tell myself like, eh, get over it, whatever. This isn't a big deal. Like you're fine. Do I just brush it under the rug? Do I try to like distract myself with something, distract myself with food or alcohol or shopping? Or do I embrace myself and say, okay, it's all right. You're going to be okay, but let's just process this. Let's feel this. Let's let it move through us so we can move on. 
That's an analogy that really helps me. But here's the thing, y'all, like on the scale of human emotion, there's going to be emotions that we love to feel and there's going to be emotions that absolutely just suck to feel. And that's just the truth of it. But part of the deal is to have an amazing life, to have an incredible life, you have to be open to all of it. Sometimes I say about money, I'm like, listen, money's kind of like a buffet. That principle does not apply to emotions. Not if you want to live an extraordinary life, it's not. If you want to just live kind of like an average life, like not really getting the results that you want, fine. But when it comes to living an amazing and extraordinary life, achieving all the things that you are capable of achieving, you don't get to treat your emotions like a buffet. You don't just get to go and cherry pick the ones that feel good and the ones that you want to feel and then the ones that you don't want to feel. On our call this morning, we had a chat going and I asked the people in the chat, I said, what is the worst possible emotion in your mind to feel? It's top of the list. It feels awful, feels terrible, wouldn't wish it on your own enemy. It's your least favorite emotion to feel. What is that emotion to you? I'm going to read you some of the responses. Grief. Grief was mentioned several times. Fear, inadequacy, rejection, shame, failure, loneliness, trapped, helplessness. For me, my answer was humiliation. I said my top two are probably humiliation and my second one would be inadequacy for me. But here's another question I'm going to give you that I want you to think about. What is it for you? Like, What is the worst possible emotion that you were like, barf, no thank you? But then I'm going to pose you with a second question of what would your life be like if you not only embraced, but you ran towards the emotion that you are most scared of instead of running away from it? How would your life be totally and drastically different if you did that? The other day on social media, it just happened to come across my For You page, and I'm so glad that it did. But this video came across my feed, and it was this video of a girl who said that she was going on a rejection road trip. You guys maybe saw this. I think it's like kind of going viral right now, so I'm sure I'm not the only one who saw it. But it was this girl, and she basically said that for her entire life, she had been avoiding the emotion of rejection. She was just like, I've been so scared my entire life of being rejected, and now I'm an adult, and I'm living a life that I don't like because I have been running from rejection my entire life. And so she's like, I don't have the career that I want because I'm scared of getting rejected. I don't have the relationships that I want, whether like it's a romantic relationship or it's friendships because of my fear of rejection. She's just like, there's so many things in my life that I'm not happy with. And it all boils down to the fact that I'm terrified of rejection. And so she was like, no more. I am going on a rejection road trip. And I think she said she was going to like a different state every day. And like every day for 30 days, she was going to be putting herself in the face of rejection, going out and facing this emotion that has had such a grip and such a control on her, her entire life. And obviously I understand like not all of us are going to do that, right? Like not all of us are going to go, oh, let me just go on a humiliation road trip. Let me just go on a shame road trip. Like I understand we're not all going to do this, but I thought it was such a beautiful example of, okay, this girl has clearly come to the realization that keeping herself safe from the emotion of rejection, all that it's done is created suffering for her because she doesn't have the results that she wants and she's not living the life that she knows she wants to be living. And so now what she's doing is she's actually running towards the rejection. She's embracing the rejection. 
She's creating the rejection for herself, like literally on purpose every single day. And it's just like, whoa. And think about it, y'all. Like, can you imagine how differently this girl's life is going to be and how differently it's going to turn out because of this one decision that she has made to embrace the emotion that she most fears? And so, no, you don't have to go on a rejection road trip. But what is that emotion for you? And how can you purposely choose to run towards it now? Open yourself up to it now instead of running away from it. And how would your life look differently if you did? If you actually embraced humiliation and you started putting yourself out there on social media, you started the business you've always wanted. If you went out and you actually started pursuing the relationship that you've always wanted and maybe you get rejected and maybe you don't, right? We had somebody in our membership today that was like on her way to a job interview. And she was like, I am so like terrified of rejection. But it's like, what if you put yourself out there and went on a hundred job interviews to find your dream job, but it meant getting rejected from 99 jobs, but finding the one job that is your dream job, putting yourself out there at a skill that you know, you're not very good at, right? That you know that you're going to feel pretty inadequate at, but you understand that in order to become an expert, you have to start as a beginner and you're okay to feel inadequate at the beginning to feel adequate later on. So it's like, how would my life look different if I embraced the emotions that I am most scared of and most petrified of? My coach always says discomfort is the currency of your dreams. And I think discomfort meaning like just feeling the emotions that we don't want to feel, being uncomfortable about the uncomfortable emotions, discomfort. And how would we view our emotions differently? And how would we prioritize feeling them if we actually knew and understood and not only understood, but like truly believed on a deep level that Anything that we've ever wanted in life is simply just on the other side of feeling a feeling, of feeling an emotion. Now, it's probably not going to be a good feeling. It's probably not going to be anything that you want to feel or want to experience, but it is, right? Like your dream relationship, your dream financial situation, your dream body and physical health, regardless of what your body looks like, your dream friendships and inner circle, your dream career, profession, business, It's all on the other side of a feeling. And if somebody came up to you, I said this on the call, I was like, look, if someone came up to you and they said, I want you to take 10 minutes and I want you to write out and describe your dream life, like in a perfect, perfect world, what would your life look like? And you did that. You spent 10 minutes and you said, this is what my bank accounts are going to look like. This is what my health is going to look like. This is what my relationships are going to look like. This is what I'm going to do in the world. This is going to be my, my purpose and my career, my business or whatever. And then that person goes, great, perfect. You can have that if you want it. But the price that you're going to pay is sub in the negative emotions that you don't want to feel that right now you're running away from. Would you do it? Would you be willing to do it? I know for me, like for a lot of us, when we're posed with it that way, it's kind of like, I mean, yeah, I know it's not going to feel great, but if that's the price that I have to pay, I'll do it. A lot of us just don't view our emotions that way. Because again, of all the things that I said at the very beginning of the episode, because we think negative emotions are bad and they mean something has gone wrong and they mean that something is wrong with you. But what if it was the opposite? What if instead of all of that, it was like, no, this is the path. This is the price you pay to get what you want and to turn into the person that you want to be. Are you willing to pay that price? Yes or no? 
And then it comes back to the two things that I said. Are you able to feel the feelings? Like, do you have the skill set to do that? And are you willing to? If you don't have the skills, go out and get the skills, right? Like, I'll teach you the skills. I've given you resources to do that. You have to be able and you have to be willing. But would you pay that price? Yes or no? I think some people would say no. But I think those of you here, like I know y'all, those of you here taking 45 minutes out of your day to listen to this podcast episode and plugging into this resource of personal development when you have a million other things that you could be doing, I think the answer for you is probably yes. What if the negative emotion wasn't something to run from or hide from or buffer from, but in fact, it was your superpower? Feeling any and all emotion is your superpower. Getting to a point where you say, I am open to any and all emotions, like bring it all on the best of the best, the worst of the worst, and everything in between, because I know how to feel. I have that skill. Not saying it's easy, but I know that I can do it because it is my superpower. I think the goal for all of us should be that we get so good at feeling our feelings, particularly negative emotion, that it's not even something that feels scary or difficult to us anymore. And it's certainly not something that we need to run away from or to create more suffering in our life because of. Because here's the thing, y'all. When there is no emotion that you are not willing to feel, there is no result that you cannot go out and create. Feel harder, suffer less. Feel harder, suffer less. If you take one mantra from this episode, have it be that. Asking yourself, How can I feel harder so I can decrease the level of suffering in my life? I want to kind of recap these questions that I've gone through. I'll make sure to put these in the show notes too, okay? Am I feeling or am I suffering? Which one of those am I doing? What's the primary feeling that I'm avoiding right now? And what feelings is that creating more of? What suffering am I creating for myself because of my inability or unwillingness to feel. When I feel a negative emotion, do I want to lean into the truth of my life in that moment or do I want to escape it? Do I want to listen to what my emotions are trying to tell me or do I want to shut myself down? Do I want to be with myself or escape myself, embrace myself or abandon myself? And then saying, what's the worst possible emotion that feels scary to me? that I know I'm running from and I know I'm avoiding. But what if I could run towards that emotion? And how would my life look drastically different if I did? Because I'm telling y'all, drastic, drastic, drastic improvements and drastic changes. Feel harder, suffer less. All right? That's what I have for you this week. I love you guys. Hope this episode helped you. If it did, it would mean a lot to me if you could share it on social media. Make sure to tag me at overcoming underscore overspending. And also, if this episode helped you, it would mean a lot to me if you would take 60 seconds just to leave a review of the show wherever you listen to podcasts, either on Apple, Spotify, wherever. I love you guys a ton. I hope that this helped you and blessed you. Have a great week, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Money Love Podcast. If you're loving the podcast, then I want to invite you to join me in the Overcoming Overspending membership. It's where we take this work deeper and apply the concepts and coaching from each week's episode into your own life. By being a member, you have exclusive access to my Overcoming Overspending process, 10 monthly live coaching calls with me, 
a private podcast, members-only community, monthly money topic and challenge, bonus courses, and so much more. There's nowhere else like it out there to level up your finances and life. Simply go to overcomingoverspending.com to join and you can enter in the code MLP30 at checkout to save $30 on your first month inside the membership. See you inside.